If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Long Shots, VEASAN's premier golf betting podcast. Here's Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin. Hello, and welcome to VEASAN's Long Shots, the Valero Texas Open Edition. It is Matt Brown, it is Wes Reynolds, it is Kelly Bidlin. And just right off the top here, guys, this podcast, absolutely free. So if you want to help us out, and it's absolutely free for you to do that as well, just hit the little pause button real quick, go down below. Five-star review would be absolutely amazing. If you want to drop in a few words as well, that'll certainly help us climb the chart. So do appreciate your support out there. If we have helped you make some money so far this golf season, that is appreciated. If uh, you want to check out, of course, the detailed course breakdown and all the different things like that, you can head over to vison.com where Wes will have up his article. And also, just so you know, right ahead of time here, there are no international event stuff uh, going on this week. Now, if there is anybody that decides to dabble in the live streets, uh, maybe check our social media or you could have reveason.com as well. We will certainly uh, put any of our stuff up on there. Wes, Kelly and I were able to chat a little bit yesterday. N- not a ton from us that we really took away from the uh, from the match play other than, you know, again, we talk about win equity all the time and we talk about these dudes that, listen, volatility is actually pretty good when we're golf betting and betting outrights. And yeah, yeah like, you know, a guy like Sam Burns is going to miss some cuts, but he's also won five times in the last two years. And like, that's the type of stuff that we embrace as golf betters. I mean, maybe you could take away the injury stuff with Tyrrell Hatton. And of course, we'll talk about him because he's actually in the field this week. But Outside of that, was there anything else you really took away? I mean, it's kind of a, a wonky event to try to carry over anything into either this event and or uh, into the Masters. Yeah, and, and I, I have to admit, I'm going to miss it just from a fan perspective because I do like the match play and I don't want to necessarily see it go away. That being said, it's never my best betting event, and this year was really no exception uh, uh, for that. The furthest guy I got was Jason Day into the quarterfinals where I thought, okay, three up through seven against Scotty Scheffler, the number one player in the world that's looking pretty good and then you know you worry about jason day all the time with the vertigo and this time i was taking an allergy pill on the back nine and scotty scheffler was able to prevail uh it did lead me to have a couple masters bets one was cameron young the number is long gone now uh, i bet at 45 to 1 i think cameron young really took to paul tesori uh you know you always wonder mm-hmm. that first time with the new caddy who's never looped for you and He's going to win pretty soon. You, we talk mm-hmm. about win equity, which he doesn't have a lot of. Another runner-up, by the way, losing in the final six and five to Sam Burns. But you can just tell watching this guy and then looking at the numbers, he's going to win that first PGA Tour event very, very soon. Uh, I would say within the next about two months, uh, he's going to win somewhere and maybe even multiple times. But look, good event. And, you know, it's obviously a little bit tougher event to bet because it's a little more chalky in recent years simply because they don't do that, you know, one one and done knockout deal. It's pool play because they want the better players to advance. And that's what they got with Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, Sam Burns and Cameron Young into the uh, semifinals. So that's exactly what they wanted. But. Yeah, it's tough to take because, of course, we don't have strokes gain data because because it's match play. I will miss the event, however. Kelly, a special announcement here for us. We will be doing a live edition of this very here show on 
Tuesday of next week. We're going to slot in at the 11 a.m. Pacific time slot if you guys want to come in and listen. Of course, with the Masters, we're going to slot into just the regular schedule there. So you will have an access to this. We will put up the recorded version as well. But if you want to get it earlier than everybody else and you want to get our stuff in live, we will be on the air at 11 Pacific. That's right. You can check it out afterward. Don't come in the studio. Don't come in the studio, as uh, as Matt kind of just uh, hinted at. <laughs> yeah. You know, hey, look, bring it on, man. Come on in. <laughs> I don't need to be bouncing people while we're on set. <laughs> Hey, listen, listen, it's, it's, it's one thing. It's, it's one thing when it's like, you know, a, a show that's on every day and all this, like, bring on, it's, it's a one-off man. Like yeah, whatever, come on in, <laughs> sit down at the audience. desk. Yeah. yeah. Have a, have a beer with us. Like whatever, you know, like it's, it's perfectly fine, but uh, we will be on next week live. If you want to catch the episode there. And then also a couple of special editions of master's preview shows with Wes as your analyst a little bit later in the week as well. So be sure and check out all of that stuff, but on to the Valero Texas open. Now this event usually has at least a little bit more star power, but not so much this year. Everybody almost has decided to go ahead and pass on this event and head on over and get ready for Augusta. Only eight players in this field that have qualified for the masters. So Wes, as you were, uh, as you were writing things up here, what can we expect as we head to the Valero Texas open? Yeah. And, uh, this, uh, you know, has been, uh, ahead of the masters for the last couple of years, usually a little bit more like you were saying in terms of top quality in this field, but we don't necessarily have it so much, uh, this time around. Uh, this is by the way, played at the Oaks course at TPC San Antonio. There's also a Canyons course, which is a Pete Dye design, but this course is actually, a Greg Norman design, ironically enough, uh, still one left <laughs> on the PGA tour. Maya Coba, of course, uh, uh, not left at uh, El Camilion, but Greg Norman and also Sergio Garcia consulted on this, uh, par 72, 7,438 yard, uh, 1100 feet in terms of elevation here in San Antonio. And that's the third highest on tour Oak tree and brush line fairways, uh, rye fescue overseed. This is usually Bermuda, but we're getting a lot of rye and fescue in the fairways, poa, trivialis on, on the greens. So usually they're Bermuda. These are pretty narrow fairways, though, on average. I think 12th narrowest on tour, 30 feet on the average, 6,400 square feet green. So a little bit larger than the PGA Tour average. Uh, they're going to be slow greens, too, 11 on the stint meter. So not very fast, I believe. Uh, uh, for those of that use the Fantasy National for any of your stat modeling, I believe they term that as Velcro. Uh, yes. 11 on the stint meter. So these are very slow. Rough is pretty short, about two and a quarter inch. Uh, not really all that penal, even though it would preclude you to obviously hit fairways as it would any other week. Uh, you had a lot of variance here in terms of the scoring. Uh, just going back over the last decade plus, eight under has won this event, but so is 20 under. So it's probably going to lie somewhere in between. It really depends on how the wind blows because the wind is exposed. I think last year it ranked 14th of 46 in the difficulty ranking on the tour front nine, 150 yards longer than it is on the back nine. Uh, ironically enough, despite the fact that they only have three water hazards on uh, this course, the Oaks course at TPC San Antonio, uh, this had uh, uh, the most triple bogeys other than TPC Sawgrass, which, of course, is the Players' Championship, and PGA National, where they hold the Honda Classic, one of the tougher courses on on tour. They had a lot of triples on this course, and I think probably a lot of that is because of the wind. So if you're looking for some correlated courses, I think PGA National, Riviera, Colonial, of course, another t- classical Texas course, Memorial Park, where they play the Houston Open, Innisbrook, and then a little, a couple of the TPCs, TPC Summerlin right out here in Las Vegas, TPC Scottsdale, Bay Hill is what I was basically looking at. Uh, uh, you've had a couple chalks win here in the past, Jordan Spieth in 2021, Jimmy Walker in 2015, but you've got some triple digit guys that have won here. JJ Spawn, the defending champion at 150 to one, Corey Connors and Andrew Landry won at 200. So this is the last chance to dance, you know, for guys that are trying to get into that masters. And Matt, you mentioned it, you know, just a handful of players that are using this either as a tune up or maybe they're international players like Ryan Fox who are in the Masters field next week that, you know, are trying to get that temporary membership status and whatnot. Uh, Nikolai Hoygaard would be another one. Hoygaard, by the way, was in the mix last week at the Corrales Punicana, won by Matt Wallace. So these guys are going for Masters invitations, and this is their last chance to get them. 
Kelly, um, I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything for whenever we get to you know our picks or anything like that. But you look at the top of the board, and it's Tyrrell Hatton sitting twelve to one over at DraftKings right now. Tyrrell Hatton talked about, and and you actually sent me the text because we were all on Tyrrell Hatton pretty heavily last week, and he tweaked something in his wrist like it before yeah. the first round of the match play. He's playing here this week, 12 to 1. Uh, Siwoo Kim also playing. He is in the Masters field. Of course, Hideki is as well, as is Corey Connors. So all of your short shots outside of Ricky Fowler are all in the field already. I faded everybody that's in the field. I, I, I'll just, like, I, I faded everybody that's in the field at the Masters. Um, I talked about this a little bit yesterday. If you guys skipped the Monday pod, listen, if, if, if it's Friday afternoon and they look up and they're on the borderline of either making the cut or not, and they know there's no chance in hell of them winning this event or any of that stuff, like I can see them punting off the back nine and just going ahead and getting on a plane and heading over to Georgia. And, and so I don't want to deal with that heartache and I don't want to deal with that mind F. And so I just faded all those guys. I don't know how you went about it. I don't think that's a bad uh, call for most of these guys. I'm with you. I, I mean, at least... If you're not fading them, I think you're staying away from them, at least bet, you know, betting on them wise. Um, I think the only guy I would maybe, I mean, maybe just because of what he's done in the past here, say uh, there's make an exception for is Corey Connors. Uh, just having a one year in 2019, right? T35 last year, T14, 2021. He's like the only guy just because of what he's done here in the past. But even, even when we talk about betting on these, some of these guys, I, I can't get that part out of my head either, Matt. It's always mm. it's always the well, okay. If things start to go south, you know how how quickly do I you know just just does motivation change, right? Yeah. Um. And what are you working on? Like, all those sort of things. Um. So yeah, I, I'm with you. Those are guys. Look, it, it took me well. It took me past those guys before I really started looking at betting anybody. Um, in that range, obviously, we we know one of the big storylines this week is Ricky Fowler. You know, can, can he get into the Masters? Can he win the first event in a long time? He's up at the top of the odds board. He's not currently in that Masters field. Um, you know, that's a real, 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 real short number on Ricky Fowler that I'm, yeah. I can't get yeah. to. But you know, he he's the guy. I think that I, if you told me you were betting him, I'd I'd I would grunt, but be okay yeah. with it. Look, I don't have a, <laughs> listen, I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have a ticket on Ricky Fowler. I would say this. I would bet a top five and like, and, and, and walk away for, cause like here, it's going to be one of two things. He knows he has to win the damn tournament. So he's going to be yeah. ridiculously aggressive. So he's either going to be at the top of the leaderboard if everything's going right, or he's just going to miss the damn cut. Right. I mean, so it's like bet him top five and then just understand he might miss the cut. Right. Because mm -hmm. he's going to be uber, uber, uber aggressive. And, and, you know, I, I think that he's either going to be right, right, right in the mix or he's going to get cut. Right. right? Cause like, yeah. Yeah, like the aggression is not going to pay off. You know what I'm saying, Wes? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, to your point, though, I want to reinforce something that both of you guys said about the guys that are in the field next week. And uh, I'll credit Ron Close uh, for this, where I got this. Uh, I think I found nine. Corey Connors, Terrell Hatton, Hideki Matsuyama, Molinari, Siwoo Kim, Cam Champ, Chris Kirk, Alex Nor, and Sepp Straka all in next week's Masters field and profiling these guys. It's like, okay, how did they do that week before the major and the highest average finish and Kelly made a case for Connors and rightfully so the fact that Connors is actually one at this course is lone PGA tour win to date. But if you look, the average finish the week before the major for Connors is like 24.4. For Terrell Hatton, it's 32.1. For Matsuyama, 29.5. For Molinari, 40.1. This is dating back to 2016, mm -hmm. by the way, the week before the major. Siwoo Kim, 55.9. Cam Champ, 54.5. So that's why I think it was right to skirt these guys this week because yeah. you never know. I mean, could they win? Of course they could win. It's wide open. But I just think that sense of urgency is there for guys that are not in the masters we saw it last year look i had a guy in the mix actually that was tied for the lead going into the final round here at 100 plus one and that was dylan fratelli who was in the final group didn't end up winning it was jj spawn that won by two over matt kuchar so you know like kuch is a guy that's played pretty well here in the past kuch not in the masters field so that's already going to be baked into the number though and plus he played pretty damn solid at the match play like he always does now has the all-time record for match wins but it's like you're betting Cooch at like 30 to one here. 
And that, you know, that's kind of tough for me for a guy yeah. that's been 50, 60 to one in recent events. So yeah, a lot of these guys, especially the guys that are playing next week, I went ahead and dodged with the exception for one that I've already mentioned earlier. So let's go ahead and talk about what we did plug into our models this week and see if there was anything that I imagined we were unlike most weeks where I think like, oh, you know, we're, we're kind of in the same boat, but we end up, you know, a little bit different from, I'm going to guess we're very, very, very similar this week, considering how, um, this thing all breaks down, but Kelly, I will start with you. What did you plug into the model and kind of what was the weighting that you put on the stuff? Yeah, heavy, uh, heavy on driving uh, statistics this week. This is, of course, where we see that uh, p- play out. You know, as as close to some of the approach numbers as you'll see on any on any course, right? So that's uh, a lot of strokes gained off the tee, driving distance heavy. Um, you know, and some good drives gained. Uh, you know, as Wes brought up, we've got small fairways, but these these roughs not too tough for these guys historically to hit out of. Um, Let's see. What was the one stat I saw? Birdie or better percentage over the last five years when hitting the second shot out of the rough is higher than from the fairway at this course. So that's a, I wouldn't look at that as predictive. Like it's better to be in the rough than the fairway, but it can tell you, uh, you know, it doesn't matter too, too much as long as these guys aren't in ugly, you know, in the trees, in the bushes, way off, off to the side. If they're not missing it uh, like crazy. Yeah. I'm looking for guys that can go long off the tee then and kind of use some wedges in from there. So uh, a lot of that did plug in then strokes gained approach, uh, greens regulation, opportunities gain, uh, stroke gains par fives, like Wes talked about, especially if there is wind going here, this is going to be tough. Got to score on those par fives. And then a little small kind of did around the green, some scrambling, some sand saves, a lot of traps uh, here, and some bogey avoidance. Um, that was pretty much everything in my model. All that last stuff a lot smaller, the way heavier off the tee stuff than what I normally do on a weekly basis. Yeah, about the same for me. No real, nothing really off the board for me this week. I know that like there are some times where I'm a little bit different than you guys, but I, I'm I'm not this week. I'm pretty close to where where what you just said there, Kelly. Um, Wes, anything really different for you this week in the model? Not a ton. Uh, Approach, obviously. Uh, Three of the last five Valeros, by the way, the winner is either rated first or second in the field when they won this thing. So I think he had to do approach. I did good drives gained and fairways gained uh, Mm -hmm. simply because these are very tight fairways on the tour. So you get a lot of overlap, too, in those categories. Mm -hmm. You'll always find if you do a top 10 or a top 15, you'll get about half of them that rank high in both. Uh, uh, Strokes gained, par fives. I also did a little bit of opportunities gained. uh, on this one, uh, bogey avoidance, like Kelly mentioned, and I talked about the fact third most triple bogeys of any course on tour over the last several years. Uh, I did some proximity 100 to 125, very, very small because you got a lot of sharp, short par fours here and you've got a couple longer par five. So you're going to see a lot of wedges, 100 to 125. So use that a little bit. Uh, strokes gain par four, 400 to 450. And when I do kind of like those specific yardage ones, those are never really weighted too heavy, but it's just like five of the 10 measure 400 to 450. So I thought it made sense, at least for context to look at it. And then I did some sand saves games. The bunkers are actually tough to gain here. This is kind of a little bit of tricky sand. So I thought sand saves gained. If you wanted to use scrambling or SG around the green, I think you could do that. But I used a little bit more bunker play this week than I normally would. Yeah, I was sitting just kind of like trying to figure out maybe if there was a way to zig where everybody was going to be zagging this week. But it just seemed the way that this course kind of lays out. And then the players in the field, like, I feel like I can zig and zag like when everyone else is zagging, when I have a super top heavy field, because again, like maybe those guys are going to fit certain little things that I'm looking at a little bit better and all that. But like in a field like this, I think that's kind of overthinking it a little bit. So I, I did the whole, keep it simple. Like, yeah, I, I know people probably get confused in the listeners podcast. Cause sometimes I'm like, Oh no, I'm doing this thing. was way different than whatever. And then sometimes I'm like, nah, I just kept it super simple this week. But I, I feel like this week was, the better the better route was to keep it a little bit more simple because we are talking about just a bunch of the kind of like second tier ish guys, you know, you know, yeah. talking about Kelly. Yep. Yeah. the The other thing, the other thing that I found interesting with kind of my research uh, this week and and prep for this was uh, just the different 
kind of how different kind of rankings came down using fantasy national versus Rick Rungood and using those yeah. two different models and what I punched in. It was just, it was kind of funny. You know, one guy would be way up, way up in one and kind of further down in the other. So yeah, I think it's uh when you get this type of field, I mean, it's not bad from what, like it's from player number 30 to 80. Like there's a good chunk of like those guys in the world golf rankings playing in this field, but you know, you're still talking about 144 player field. So it really gets watered down. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't find, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, man. I, mm. I don't typically, I'm typically not the guy that doesn't, that's not like, I don't like to bet these events. These, these, these sort of events before majors and before, bigger events are off, oftentimes where I've been able to hit some longer shots and find, you know, find some value in mm-hmm. some guys that kind of like you're talking about, but some guys that maybe other people aren't thinking about. I'll just be honest that, that that really didn't pan out like crazy in my research for this specific tournament. It was kind of like, all right, well, this is, this is a quick handicap for me. There was a few names that kind of kept popping up and, and that was about it. Those are the guys I really went, really went, uh, you know, big on and kind of left the rest alone. Yeah. And listen, if some of the, if one of the short shots wins, so be it, I'll be fine with that. I'm right. not going to, you know, like, it's not going to hurt my feelings, you know, that I didn't get on the guy this week. It's just one of those deals for me that I, I think that there's not a lot of value on, on those guys at the top guys, as we mentioned, um, no, at least as of this recording, no alternate tournament stuff going on right now. Be sure and check Wes's social, our social, if we decide to get involved or over on beeson.com as well when we come back we will get to our betting card this week and see what did actually end up making our card stick around whenever we come back on long shots if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to Beeson Long Shot. It is Matt, Wes, and Kelly, and we are getting to the good part here, guys. We are getting to our Valero Texas Open 2023 betting cards again if you haven't already please go down subscribe rate review all the little things like that that you can help us climb up the charts we do appreciate that we are getting a lot of listens on this thing and we do appreciate your help and support with all of that so yeah Wes with uh why don't you kick things off here since we didn't since they didn't get around the world in this episode let's go ahead and just get them to your betting card here for the Valero yeah, and uh, look, basically mid-range to longer shots for me this week. One kind of short one. I think he was seventh on the board. Davis Riley, 28-1, to one, actually does have a win on this course. Uh, back at the uh, TPC San Antonio Championship, July 2020, on the Corn Ferry Tour, which ended up uh, being the clincher for his promotion to 
the big tour. Won one and one in the match play last week. Did beat Tom Kim, halved with Alex Noren, who's historically a pretty good match play player, and then took Scotty Scheffler, who's number one and defending champion, of course, down there at Austin Country Club, to the final hole. So I thought made a nice showing of himself, even though he didn't advance uh, into the knockout round, the round of 16. Last year, he was only 63rd here, but keep in mind, that was the event right after he lost that playoff to Sam Burns at the Vals Bar. And that was right where Davis Riley, it's like, okay, this is where he's going to get his win. He doesn't get it. It's tough to get over that disappointment when you come so close. Uh, barely missed out on playing at the Masters last year because he was just outside the official world golf ranking top 50. They do one at the end of the year. And then they do one, I believe, uh, second week of March. I forget the exact date. And then that's the cutoff for the world golf ranking. That's why you see so many guys this week that aren't inside that top 50 that are trying to get a win here to get that invite to Augusta. So Davis Riley, 28 to one. And uh, speaking of a guy who does have a master's invitation because he was in the top 50 at the end of last year, uh, Ryan Fox, 43 to one. Not a lot of experience here, but uh, we saw the Europeans uh, that came over did very well, especially Nikolai Hoygaard uh, was right there and uh, the Dominican at the Corrales Punicana to try to get that first PGA Tour win, which ended up going to another guy, which I'll get to momentarily. Uh, top 20 finish this week. So in placement markets, I think Ryan Fox top 20 is probably going to be a popular bet and probably one that's going to cash anyway. He gets the special temporary membership on the PGA tour. If he finishes top 20, he has enough points for that. That's kind of what uh, Batia got uh, a couple weeks ago that now you get unlimited sponsor exemptions, you get into events, you don't have to do the Monday qualifying. So Ryan Fox, of course, can put, uh, you know, an end to all that and just win the darn thing and get his full uh, two-year membership. Uh, he's been pretty solid over here. T14 at the Arnold Palmer, T27 at the Players, 2-1 and one at the match play. I know one of them was a conceded match from Will Zalatoris mm -hmm. on Friday, but still T17. Uh, so, you know, dropping field class here because the API and the Players, I think, much better fields than he's getting in San Antonio at the Valero this week. So, Ryan Fox, 43-1. to one. And uh, speaking of the guy I mentioned for the Corrales Punicana, something that's a rarity for me to back a guy that won the week before Matt Wallace at 50 to one who uh, nearly, if you remember back two years ago in 2021, when Spieth won this thing, Wallace, Charlie Hoffman was also in the mix too. Wallace almost chased down Jordan Spieth and got his first PGA tour win, mm -hmm. had to get it last week in the alternate event. So when you win the alternate event, like in Puerto Rico, Dominican or any of those events, you don't get the master's invite. So Matt mm -hmm. Wallace does not have that yet. He's a streaky player if you followed this guy. He can get hot and win a bunch. Uh, 2016 on the Alps Tour, he won like six events. 2018, when I think most of the golf betting world kind of really heard of him, he won three times on the DP World Tour that year. So, we were, you know, we were seeing Matt Wallace at the Valspar argue with his caddy. And, you know, now they're not arguing as much because they're celebrating a win. Uh, he was seventh at the Valspar, too. So he had really good form coming in. Uh, Cam Davis, 50 to 1. Not a lot of great form here in terms of uh, Valero, but sixth at the players. T-17 last week did lose the opening match to Xander Schauffele, who did advance, I think, to the quarters. Uh, but he did beat Tom Hoagie. He beat Aaron Wise in a match, so he went 2-1 and one in pool play. Cam Davis, 50-1. to one. Nick Taylor, 50-1. to one. Another guy that's mixed it up with some of the best of the best so far this year. Lost it by two to Scotty Scheffler. Ended up finishing second in Phoenix. Top 10s at the Sony Open at Wileye. Top 10 at the Valspar. Top 25, I believe, twice in six appearances. He can also, if the wind blows, he's a guy I like in the wind because if you remember Nick Taylor from his PGA Tour win he got back in 2020, that was a wire-to-wire -wire job at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So he can play in the wind. And then the two bombs, uh, one that I was on at the Corrales Punicana last week that ended up finishing top, I think he was eighth, he was top 10 for sure, Ben Martin at 90 to one who finished top 13 in three of his last five starts T five at the Honda T eight last week in the Dominican and T 13 at Pebble beach. Uh, I was ninth here in that 2020 event at the corn ferry uh, that Davis Riley ended up winning. So Ben Martin, 90 to one last guy, David Lingmurth, 115 to one top uh, 11, five times already this season, including a T six at the players. Then was T 27 at the Valspar it was actually on the first page of the leaderboard heading into the final round before it went sideways a little bit on Sunday. Uh, two top twenties, including a top five at colonial. So he likes playing in Texas. Uh, uh, I think that, I think that he could uh, go pretty well here. He was a guy that actually kind of popped on some of my modeled stats. You know, when I looked at like 
proximity gained uh, from 100 to 125. I think he was up there in in fairways gained. He was top 10. In good drives gained, he was top 10. In approach, he was like top dozen. So David Langmarf kind of uh, appealed at a big number in terms of the stats. I uh, I was giggling over here because I have two of those plays on my card. Okay, we, again, I should also say, like, listen, we do not discuss before we get on because I I don't want that. Like, I we we do not discuss our plays before we get on here, so we're learning along the way with everyone. I'll go ahead and give my commentary on the two real quick, and then we'll get to Kelly's card. Uh, I also have Cam Davis on my card, and this based oh, off of if if we're talking about. Um, if we're talking about short-term results, um, super short-term results look a lot better than those kind of like sweet spots that we typically look at. Those like I mean, 24 and 36 rounds. Yeah, because rounds. he missed like four cuts in a yeah. row uh, in like, I think, February to early March. But then if you look at the super long-term results, though, then he's at the top of every single model that you run, especially in a field like this. And I read an interview, and this is kind of one of those deals where sometimes I can't be a slave to the model, but I read an interview with a guy that works for the PGA tour and he was talking to him and he basically, he was talking about that. He was sick a lot, like, like at the beginning of the year and wasn't able to practice really at all. And like, he was playing these events anyway, without going out and practicing. And then now he's over whatever was ailing him. He didn't ever go into specifics actually to what it was, but whatever was ailing him, he said he's over it now and he's been able to get back to practicing. And then as Wes mentioned, when he was talking about him, like the recent results, I think have started to show a trend in the right direction. Right. And so this is kind of a long-term success because again, if you run the super long-term stuff, he's good in the models and then the super short-term success, which goes along with this narrative that he is, you know, over this injury, this illness that he was dealing with towards the beginning of the season. So I did buy in on that as well. And then I also have Ben Martin on my card as well this week. Um, Another guy, listen, outside of the Cam Davis play, I was a slave to my model this week. I didn't argue with my numbers. I didn't go with any gut feel. All of the rest of my plays were all guys that were either at the very top of my model or the number just disagreed with where they did show up in the different versions of the model. Uh, Ben Martin, a guy that you've heard us talk about on this podcast a couple of different times already this year, always, for whatever reason, Always way higher in the model than the number next to his name. And the thing about this week is if he's ever going to be able to blast through a field, it should be this field, right? I mean, like if there's ever a field that he should be able to go and maybe navigate his way through. Now, is he ever going to win a full field event with all these? Probably not, right? But I mean, like this would be the type of event where he could kind of break through and get a win. So those two guys were actually on my card. So I wanted to give the commentary on them as well. Kelly, let's get to yours. Well, I mean, I'm not going to be the guy who was sitting here betting Cam Davis every week that he was apparently sick because, yes, that is uh, it's been out there now. Uh, I just pulled up one of his press conferences where he was talking about he, he didn't go into details. I'm just reading the transcript transcript on it right now. This is from a couple of weeks ago, but he was just basically asking a question. I mean, he said physically, yes, I'm not sick anymore, which is great. So the last couple of weeks, I've really been able to start, get back into my normal routine. Um yeah, I think that's that's pretty big. So it's it's really hard to ju- like. He was playing great golf la- in the last summer, the beginning of the yeah. fall. He's a he ball striking really- machine. Like he's just yeah. a ball striking machine. That guy. And I, I was betting him kind of nonstop from like last summer up until that point where it was just I had to stop because he was putting up miscut after miscut. But I guess I'll be b- talked back into a play here because F- FOMO is overwhelming. Hold on. Do we make go this? Away. Do we yes, make go this? Go All right. Sure. <laughs> There it is. The official pod play is going to be Cam Davis this week here. I'm glad to get you you on board. I'm not sitting here on Monday while you guys are talking about having a Cam Davis win. There's no way the hell that's happening. So I guess count me in for a few bucks. And and I should say um, (laughs) his his price over on DraftKings is 50 to 1 still. And so it is a very good number on him over at DraftKings. So that's, I mean, I think that's a discussion worth having too, right? Like Wes brought up earlier, and I'm going to use this guy as an example because he's a guy I bet, Matt Kuchar, (laughs) the, you know, a slashed price on a guy that we were seeing, you know, in 80s, 90s earlier in the year. Cam Davis has basically been around the same number. doesn't matter what the field is because he's had such poor results, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, you're getting him at a number that you were seeing him at in stronger fields six months ago, but he went through, he went through an illness. We think he's back you know, at least to full health now, or we would assume that. So you're getting that kind of a betting number in a much, much weaker field. 
I think it yeah. does make sense. It was we're, one... we're trying to get ahead of the books catching up to his form, basically. Exactly. We're trying to exactly. Do. We hope so. We hope his mm. form plays out that way. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I was close to going back to him anyways, but now you guys just talked me into it. So yeah, I'm in on that one. And I think, uh, Wes, I will be joining you on a Ryan Fox top 20. I think that was great information on him. He was a guy that I was also considering, but kind of scratched off the list. So I think at least a top 20 bet on him is good. Uh, I am with you on Davis Riley. 28 to one. That's where I started my card. Um, I think he's the only guy I really, really like this week. <laughs> he's yeah. the guy that like, I, I, I hit him on the outrights. I hit him, you know, hit him on like top five as I usually do with all the outrights hit a top 20 on him. Um, so he, he's the guy I would say that I really, I do really like this week. Uh, I did bet, bet, uh, bet Matt Kuchar 33 to one watching him last week. I was pretty impressed too, Wes. And this is a guy who has played really well here at this course over the years, uh, you know, finished T2 last year, T12, 2021, T7, 2019. Now it doesn't fit. I think the other thing that's interesting when we run these models and you talk and, and you listen to me talk about how much I weighed driving, Matt Kuchar ain't bombing the ball these days, right? Like he's not a guy that's up there yet. He's still, because of all the other stats he's performing so well in works his way up at, in the model. So um, I, that's something that always catches my eye when there's something specific I'm maybe looking at, but there's, but there's a guy who doesn't perform well in that area, still near the top in my models. Um, that caught my eye and that was Matt Kuchar this week. So I did play a 33 to one on him. Uh, just an outright flyer on him. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sink any more money, uh, into Matt Kuchar. Uh, then dropped down to Aaron Rye, played him at 60 to one. Matt, mm-hmm. I know you've been betting him a lot the past six mm-hmm. months or so. Uh, he was another guy I think that is, is a prime, uh, look, high ceiling, low floor type of guy. I'll, I'll look mm-hmm. to capitalize on that kind of guy this week um, who is not in, uh, who, you know, another guy who's not in Masters Field. The other thing I want to bring up real quick, because we didn't touch on this, win, you know, win's going to be a massive factor this week. Mm-hmm. We are recording this on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, and it does look like there is going to be a wave advantage. That that Thursday morning wave is going to have an advantage over that uh over that afternoon wave, because it looks like it's going to be tricky there Thursday afternoon, Friday early uh, when it comes to the wind. Again, that is right now. Who knows how that stuff changes? It's Texas wind, too. That could uh, obviously change on a drop of a dime. But that is where I kind of focused a lot of my betting. So all these guys are actually in that morning wave. Riley, 28 to 1. Kuchar, 33 to 1. Rye, 60 to 1. And Garrick Higo, 110 to 1. I mentioned that one yesterday, Matt. Uh, just ended up betting the match, uh, the outright on him there at the long odds, and then bet him in a matchup over Francesco Molinari. Um, only other thing I bet Ricky Fowler over Terrell Hatton in a matchup plus one thirty four. Mm-hmm. Not big, but it's. I mean, Hatton we we brought up with all these guys that are already punched their tickets to the Masters, but you know, add on top the injury concerns, it's. I think with Matsuyama and Hatton, the way you need to approach betting betting or betting against those guys this week. Is it's either they, against them or fade or or nothing, right? Right, but yeah. it's but it's think about think about it this way: if they don't, assuming they don't WD before the tournament starts, they're obviously healthy enough that they feel they can be playing golf the week before a major. But the minute those guys see, feel anything flare up, it's not worth it, right? It immediately becomes not worth it anymore, and it shut it down until the Masters starts. So. That was the way I kind of approached it. I might be adding on on some of those tournament matchups against guys like that because I think that just you're risking way too much at the Valero Texas Open if it means you possibly missing out on the Masters next week. Yes, so I'll just go ahead and pile on that and start the rest yeah. of my card with. So I actually have in a Tyrrell Hatton to miss the cut um, okay. bet uh, plus three ninety five at Circa here, but you can get it plus three fifty at DraftKings, which is still a number I would play on him to miss the cut. I gave a little bit of a spiel about this at the top, but I will just kind of go again with this and make it even more Tyrrell Hatton specific, which is like, there is no more moody player on tour than Tyrrell Hatton. And if he gets out there and like things aren't going well and the wind starts blowing all kinds of crazy and he is like not having a good round, he is going to punt off. Like we have seen him punt off before and he will definitely do that and just get on a plane and head over to Georgia. So I think that number is too fat on him to miss the cut. So I did go ahead and play Terrell Hatton to miss the cut on that. I already talked about Cam Davis. I already talked about Ben Martin. I The next shortest on mine, you can find him 40 to 1 over at DraftKings. 
Uh, Alex Noren, and I said I was just a slave to my model this week. He was inside the top 10 in every single version, just about of everything that I ran this week. And with that, again, it just the, the number on him in a field like this where he was showing up in the models was just too deep for me. Now, this is another guy that the number was too short from where he was showing up in my model. However, I, uh, it's along the same lines of a dude that just hasn't has doesn't have a ton of win equity, but we're just going to have to go with the fact that maybe he can break through over here in the States in a field like this, which is Thomas Dietrich. Uh, he checks a lot of the boxes here for me was really, really high in all of the versions of specifically over in the stuff on the, uh, the ones that takes in the rest of world stuff. Um, really, really high in a lot of those deals. But again, he's a guy that he is a top five machine, but he is not a winner. Um, hopefully we can in a field like this go in and actually break through for a win. So Dietrich betting on the skill set here with him. And, uh, again, the number over on DraftKings still 45 to one on Dietrich. Be sure and shop around. Uh, the last one of my, co- yeah. Yeah, just real quick, real quick. I was I was really interested actually to see if either or both of you were going to end up betting on him because he was another guy that kind of started stuff today, Matt. I figured I would end up on and actually didn't. He really didn't. He really didn't spike in my models at all. But I completely understand the play. I think I think at least the t- you know type of game that he's got makes a lot of sense here. Uh, final one on mine, and again, just being being a slave to the model, and it's where the number didn't match where he was showing up for me is Robbie Shelton. Um, he just was. I considered him. Yeah, he was just a guy that was inside, you know, the top twenty in just about every single version. But you can find him, you know, out there at eighty, ninety to one. So um, another guy that ended up making the card for me this week. I do actually have, which I rarely do. This is more Kelly's bag here, but I do have fir- two first round leader bets already in the, uh, already in the hopper. And these are just dudes that I don't have any confidence in actually going and playing four rounds and getting it done. Now, this is not to say that I might sneak in just a very baby outright on these two guys, but, uh, Wes, you mentioned Akshay Batia a little bit earlier, but he's a guy that we know can go low. We go 63 last week. I think at Putacana, one of the rounds he had a 63 out there. Um, so a guy that can go low in a field in which, you know, I think he could go out there and do that. I don't know if he can do it for four rounds. And then we've seen it with Joseph Bramlett as well. Another dude yeah. that like, mm-hmm. like, again, just, I, I bet first round leader on him. I don't know if he can put it together for four rounds, but like his skill set, if he's just kind of clicking for one round is certainly a dude that can go low for one round. So I do have first round leaders in on both of those guys. And I reserve the right to put in very baby outrights on them just because these are triple digit guys as it (laughs) is anyway. You know, it's like they're they're triple digit guys anyway. So I'm not betting a ton of money on them at at, at triple digits. But uh, two different guys I do have first round leaders on. Yeah, I'll say that uh, Joey Bram's already one of the hits of the season. Uh, chopped that first round leader at the Honda, end up finishing fifty fifth. That was something that I checked yes. into uh, yeah. <laughs> earlier today, yeah. uh, Matt, because he was a guy I was considering as well. I haven't made any of these bets yet because I'm just trying to keep my eye on the win. But for first round leaders, the guys I do, uh, the guy the names I have circled right now, one of the ones you guys betting outright on, Ben Martin. Uh, and then Ryan Palmer, Higo, and Davis Riley. Again, I, Davis Riley will probably be met, betting every way possible this week. Wes, a guy that you mentioned a little bit earlier when we're talking about one and done. Um, I actually, in all of my, I'm not splitting anything this week. In every one I'm in, I'm I'm just going to play Ryan Fox. And, mm-hmm. and, and I kind of look at it this way. It's like his upside is winning this thing because we know he's got right. the skills to do it. But like his baseline, I, I truly feel like his baseline is still like a top 30 in this. Thing. You know, like he's just right. like, I, like, I don't feel like he's a guy that's going to go out there and miss the cut for you in something like this. And then if we're also talking about just from a um, from a strategy standpoint, like when are you ever using him again? Probably yeah. never. Like, like, you're, like, you know, and like he might even he might not even be in a bunch of fields like outside of, you know, the big, big tournaments anyway, like moving forward. So it's kind of like I feel like you either use him this week or you don't. And so that's kind of where I landed. And that's a really good point that you made, Matt, because even if he does get that special temporary membership and gets inside the top 20 and has enough points, he's still going to be you know, all around the world. He is not going to play all on the PGA Tour. Like, when we get into the summer, as you're preparing for the Open Championship, he's going to play, like, mm-hmm. the Irish Open, and he's mm-hmm. going to play uh, the Scottish and the BMW PGA at Wentworth, and, you know, the Italian. He's going to play a lot of those normal 
DP World Tour events that have better fields, especially during the summer and into the early fall. So he's not going to be playing necessarily all the time. I think like on a week to week basis on the PGA Tour, like Thomas Dietrich is because right. he did earn his card off the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, you know, same with Nikolai Hoygaard, I, I think, who finished second to Wallace last week in the Dominican. Uh, he's not going to be playing all the time. He's going to be playing a fair amount over in Europe. And mm-hmm. plus, these European Fox, obviously not included because he's from New Zealand, but these European guys, they have to play a certain amount of events on the DP World Tour. So the way to meet that requirement for the Ryder Cup uh, specifically is to play a lot of these summer events. Yeah. So, Kelly, it, it was kind of like I know it's like seems like a boring type play and it's like whatever. But I mean, I look at a guy who, again, if you just look dating back to like October of 2022 with Fox, it's, you know, he did win a tournament. He, he, he's got a T4. He's got an outright second, mm-hmm. 19th, 38th, 65th, 20th, 11th, 17th, 14th, 27th, 17th. Like he's not missing cuts for you. And so he's number week, 36 like, in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, so we're getting like, you know, again, it, we're getting a depleted field in a guy that's a top 36 player in the world that again, I don't know if I feel comfortable using him in any of the elevated events. Like I'm not going to use yeah. him in any of those. I'm going to be using some of the big boys. So it's kind of like, I don't know when else I'm going to use him. So I'm just firing him this week. And one. Of them. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. He was uh look, another guy I'm high on uh, that. I'm going to take a top 20 on didn't bet an outright, but yeah, I think that completely makes sense. I'm going to go with Davis Riley for my one and done. I know it's probably mm-hmm. a big shocker after hearing everything I just said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh, I mean, he, is he a guy that I might consider down the road in something? Sure. But I think he's always going to be in that group of, I, probably have options that are just as good as him i would yeah. hope in, in a tournament down the line so right. i am using him for my one and done this wes anybody that you had your eye on yeah yeah i i would probably go matt wallace here mm-hmm. and and usually i don't like to engage in recency bias with golf or with any type of uh sports betting or handicapping but Wallace uh, has a good performance here. I think getting that win, maybe that gives him some confidence because, you know, he Mm. doesn't get in the Masters, but he does get a two-year PGA Tour exemption now. So now he doesn't have to worry about, you know, am I going to be in the FedEx, you know, as they change to the top 70 or anything like that. It's like, I'm on the tour here for the next couple of years. I'm going to be playing stateside. You know, now it's time to prioritize, you know, getting good finishes and getting into the majors. And this is an event with a little bit of a downfield that I think that he can flourish and have a chance to win it. I remember just just remember, guys, if you are if you're bored on Sunday, this is whoever wins this thing does punch a tail and the right. already. And like, yeah, no, like, you know, this like they do punch a ticket to the Masters, so there will be some drama, uh, you know, come Sunday for this. And I realize it's not the star-studded field that we've gotten basically every event so far this year, but like you know, there is some there is some drama to this. There will be certainly you know somebody who is super super happy when this is all said and done because they are going to be able to catch that flight over to Georgia and get in and play over at the Masters. So be sure and uh, and get in on that. Listen, we are going to have a very special week ahead for the Masters, so be sure and check all of our programming stuff. There will be even some written content about the Masters as well outside of just what Wes is going to be putting on the site, so be sure and check that out too. And Kelly, we mentioned this a little bit yesterday, and Wes, I wanted to just kind of drive this home here as we put this to an end if people do want to look ahead to the Masters. Like, it is a limited field, mm-hmm. but it is a and, and so some of these odds are going to look a little bit weird because you're not going to be getting as big of a number. But remember, it's a limited field and it's a limited field with a bunch of old people and a bunch of amateurs. So it's really yes, it's, it's an even more limited field than it even comes across. Right. And so, like, if you're looking at a guy and the number doesn't look as juicy or as sexy, there's a reason for that, because this field is really about 60, 65 players mm-hmm. and that's about it. And so just keep that in mind as you kind of start to approach your your master's card. And you know? there's about a dozen or slightly more than a dozen uh, live tour guys who mm-hmm. we don't really have a lot of form with, even though yeah. they played a couple more times more frequently this year. So, you know, it's like some of these prices. I was looking at some of the live prices. By the way, they're playing at Orange National down in Orlando. And I was seeing like Joaquin Neiman at 12 to 1 to win this live event and then seeing him in the 70s something range to win the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> this was a guy that won the Genesis last year against one of the best fields on the tour. So it's like, you know, I was having this discussion. And I was like, how do I treat these live guys? You know, because mm. I don't know if I want to totally cast them to the side, but these guys might be placement market guys next week in the right. Masters. Yeah, I think those are, that's certainly a good way to look at it. And then Kelly, listen, I, I 
there is nobody who I would rather lose. It's the same thing we were talking about earlier, you know, a long time ago when everybody was talking about this. I, I, I'll lose Tiger bets. I, I'll feel glad about losing Tiger bets. Tiger is 55 to one right now. Like, I mean, like, it's just like, yeah. you know, I mean, he's, he's shorter odds than like so many guys who have much higher win equity over the course of four rounds. That's not to say Tiger can't play well for a round or two rounds. Maybe you'll find a juicy head to head to play him like in one of the earlier rounds, but like we've seen by the time that third and fourth round rolls around his legs and hips and everything else just start to go. And he looks, he looks like he's limping around and he looks like he's laboring. And so Look, I just don't think there's any outright equity in Tiger, but there might be other ways to play him to where you can make some money. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you summed it up well. I think you need to look elsewhere besides that outright market. Keep in mind it is the Masters, and it's going to be, you know, people that we're here talking and watching and betting golf every single week, but there are still sports fans out there that aren't, right? And they're yeah. looking to, they're paying attention and turning into golf for the first time. So that outright number is going to be bet down, bet down, bet down. Uh, but yeah, in other markets, maybe not. Maybe he hasn't been bad as much, and you could be you could take advantage there. Um, and, and do I think there's something to the fact that it's Augusta and it's Tiger Woods? Yeah, I do, and, and it will probably be a reason. I probably won't be heavily betting against the guy next week, but he's right. not going to be a guy I have much interest in betting on. Well, and, the, and the last time we saw him play, you know, he did make the cut in a good field at Riviera mm-hmm. and actually looked good off the tee. I mm-hmm. think some of the national media too, and some of the I've heard some of the commentary on Golf Channel already kind of buying into Tiger a little bit more than certainly they have in the past couple of years. So yeah, no thanks on the outright market, but I don't think I want to fade him necessarily in the matchup or like a placement or a make miss cut market. Yeah, no, I think that there are other ways to play him. I just don't, I, I just think that like at this short enough, now look, and if Tiger was 90 or a hundred, like, yeah, yeah right. whatever I'd say like throw right. a few bucks and, and let's have a sweat and let's make it fun. But like, you know, Kelly, like you mentioned, it's 55 now. And, and casual bettors have not even started looking at the Masters yet. Like, by the time this damn thing tees off, he's going to be in the 40s for sure. Yeah. Like, he's yep. going to be in the 40s. Yeah, it's only going to get shorter. I think The other thing I wanted, I just want to follow up quick on what you were talking about, Wes, with, with him at the Genesis is, I, you know, if, if there's, if you are looking at betting, betting on or against Tiger in any fashion next week, I thought when he talked about his game after, uh, after that final round on that Sunday was about as open and honest. I felt like I had ever heard Tiger mm-hmm. Woods speak about it, speak about where his game was. He was talking very specifically about uh, he was having trouble, at least in that event and leading up to the event, being able to move the ball off the tee box, but he had found kind of his, his go-to driving swing that he had been using for, you know, however, 20 decades now that he, that he was able to hit that one yeah. fine. But when he started to cut or draw too much, that's when he started having problems. So it was, I just, I thought it was really, it was really fascinating how open and honest he was about kind of every swing and every club that was or wasn't working for him. So it's something that people can definitely go find on YouTube. You can rewatch that. Uh, if you are looking to kind of get in in on some, ti- you know, Tiger bets either on or against him. Yeah, guys, again, we will have a, a, a live show next week on next Tuesday. And then, of course, tons of other content as well. So really do, uh, really do, can't wait to uh, to get all this stuff out for you guys. It's going to be super, super amazing. And, uh, of course, the, the Masters is just something that's magical for us golf betters every single year. So looking forward to all the different markets that are going to be available around the country we actually get uh in, in nevada we actually get like a few extra opportunities to bet they right. actually put yeah. out a few different things so i mean like there's that maybe i'll still have to catch the little flight down to down to phoenix and turn around and come home like i did last year but like you know <laughs> we'll, we'll see like you know i sat in an airport and fiended bets for an hour and then got back on a plane and flew back home so you know we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll see how uh We'll see how that all that all plays out. But uh, looking forward to to all that. If you want to follow Wes over on the Twitter machine, Wes Ronald One at Kelly Bidlin. I am at Matt Brown M2. Good luck on all your bets at the Valero. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.